This reading is from the first from the first letter of Paul to the Corinthians, chapter twelve, verses twelve to twenty-six. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in the one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we were all made to drink one spirit. Indeed, the body does not consist consist of one member, but of many. If the foot would say, because I am not of hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear would say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it a whole body unless less any lesser body. And if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be? If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many members, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again the head to the foot, feet. I have need, no need of you. On the contrary, the members of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable, and that. And those members of the body that we think less honourable, we clothe with greater honour and our less respectable members are treated with greater respect. Whereas our more respectable members do not need this, that God has so arranged the body, giving the greater honour to the inferior member, that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have some care, same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together with it. If one member is honoured, then all rejoice together with it. When someone's coming to lunch, uh, what, what do you tend to do? Uh, do you clean up the house, uh, make it look right, make sure the bed's made, shut the doors in the rooms that have no hope? Uh, <laughs> uh, rapidly shove some stuff into cupboards where you have no choice? Uh, we, we love to make the house uh, we live in presentable in a way that we think others will feel like we've kind of got it all together. Uh, when we go out and we meet other people, we like to dress in a way that's presentable. Uh, we like to dress in a way that's respectable, uh, that we kind of feel good about ourselves and that others may not judge us for what we're wearing. Uh, we, we like to present well before others. In a workplace, we want to feel like we're competent. We, we know enough stuff. We understand where we have it together. Uh, and yet we hear phrases like, no man is an island. Uh, no, no person, no woman can exist uh, by oneself. 
And yet, in life, like, who loves to show their weaknesses? What, no one? No one loves to show their weaknesses. Who loves to uh, be exposed before others? No one. That, that's what we would describe what shame feels like, to be naked before others, others to see us exactly how we are without covering. We, we like to present well before others. And yet, uh, when things don't work as well, uh, when we, uh, you know, even when our bodies don't work well, we, we don't like to go out before others. I reckon the worst part of getting a cold is the cough. <laughs> it's just the worst part because everyone else notices and you, you wonder what they're thinking when, when, you, when you cough. Uh, I don't know if you've ever sat down for, for too long and uh, cut off the circulation in your legs. The, that feeling that you get as you stand up and you're just waiting for the blood to rush back in and it's a weird sort of pain. And in that moment, you kind of have to prop yourself up uh, because you're not really sure what your legs will do if they'll just kind of collapse out from under you. Uh, no part of us uh, likes feeling weak no part of us wants to feel like uh, we are unpresentable or dishonorable or we don't have a part. Paul talks about the church as we are one body. We are one body. It's interesting that, that he uses body as, as an image for us to consider that we're all parts of the one body. Often uh, I'll hear things from uh, people like, oh, you, you know, the church really needs to do this, or the, the church should do this. Uh, and I, I like to remind people that we are the church. <laughs> uh, we are uh, the, the church. We are one body. Uh, the, the body, all the parts of it, are, they're, they're essential. Uh, and they're, they're needed. And when we have all of them working well, life works better physically for us. Uh, what is this body image about? What, what is, why is Paul using this? Because he, he recognizes that, that every part of the body is essential. And what's he trying to communicate to us in, in the middle of it? Uh, he's been talking about spiritual gifts and he changes things. He shifts gear and he starts talking about the body. Well, the Corinthian church, people liked glamorous things. They, they like to be up front. They like to be seen to do super spiritual things. And Paul's saying to them, you know, the, the gifts, the, the gifts in church, you have gifts uh, for the sake of others. For it, it says in the passage before today's passage, to each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common God. Good. Uh, each one is given the manifestation for the common good. So any gift that you or I have is for the one body. And so what does that mean? I exist for more than just me. I exist for more than just me. I, I think that's, that's difficult for us to understand. Sometimes we don't even feel like we've got enough for us. But Paul's saying, actually, you, you exist for others. One part of the body is essential for the operation of the other parts of the body. 
so Paul lists and he talks about a whole bunch of different parts of the body. Uh, he, he talks about uh, if the foot were to say, because I'm not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. He's saying, well, one, hand and feet, they're connected to the same party. They, they each perform a function. Uh, if the ear would say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. The eye sees everything, uh, observes, and yet ears are, ears are essential. Like when our ears don't work the way that they're designed to work, uh, it's harder to communicate and, and connect. They're, they're an essential part of the body. Uh, when your, your ears not working and the, the little things inside you, your balance doesn't work. There's, there's essential parts in that part of the body. Uh, if the whole body were an eye, where would the hearing be, he says. If the whole body were hearing, where would the sense of smell be? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? Yes, as it is, there are many, there are many members and yet one body. If I exist for more than just me, if you and I exist for more than just each other, and each part of the body is essential, what does that mean? It means if we are the body of Christ, then each one of us is essential. It's no accident that you're here. You're actually needed as part of the body of Christ. It's no accident that you don't look like everyone else. You don't have the gifts of everyone else. You don't have the passions of everyone else. It's no accident because the body needs you. Not every part of the body is a mouth. Maybe I'm functioning as a mouth at the moment. <laughs> Maybe you're functioning a little bit as an ear, but every part is essential. I wonder if you've thought about that, the, not just the people that you come with, but the people that are already here, the people that are around you, are essential parts of who we exist as together, St. Barnabas, Jesus' church, together. Every single person, an important part of the body. I want you to turn to someone around you and say, it's no accident you're here. Uh, say to someone, you are essential. You are essential. And now I want you to do something a little bit awkward. Turn to someone you didn't come with and say, I need you as a member of the body of Christ. I need you. Just those three words, I need you. But that's not how I want to feel when I get up. I don't want to feel like I need you and you and you and you and you. I want to feel like I'm sufficient myself. Don't you? We all want to feel like we're sufficient ourselves. And yet Paul is saying, no, you actually need each other and you're not going to be able to function without each other. We all need each other. That's, that's incredibly confronting. Uh, what does that mean? If, if I need you, and at some level you need me, I have a responsibility 
to the rest of the body to fulfill my function. If the eye says, you know what, uh, I'm no longer going to see, uh, the rest of the body goes, oh, life just got really hard. <laughs> do you know what, when, when we say, uh, I'm no longer going to do things, I'm retired, I, I don't think I have a place, we neglect our responsibility to the rest of the body because each of you is essential to Christ's body. Each of us is essential. Now, what does that mean? <laughs> something to say to yourself, I'm important to the rest of the body. Say it. I am important to the rest of the body. Even when we feel weaker, we are indispensable. I might feel too young. I might feel too old. I might feel like I don't have ability or I don't know enough stuff. But even when I am weaker, I'm indispensable. That means you, you, you can't actually do without that part of the body. Uh, as a body, we're, we're taught here by Paul how to function in a way that each part of the body would know its value. Uh, Paul talks about uh, weaker bits, uh, honorable bits. Uh, he, he talks about how the, the less honorable we clothe with greater honor. The less respectable, that is the unmentionable, uh, the, we give greater respect. So there's this responsibility within the body to care for the whole body. Uh, a lot of the time in life, people will feel inadequate and they like to present as adequate before others. Uh, but through our inadequacy, we overfunction and try and prove what we don't need to prove. Well, actually, the, the responsibility of the body of Christ for you to feel like you're more than adequate and valuable part is on everyone else. And when we function really well, what that means is you and I can turn up to church and go, I've got a place. I've got a part to play and I don't need to tell anyone else I'm valuable because I know when I'm here, I'm made to feel valuable by everyone else. And through that value being communicated uh, by others to us, we grow up to fully function. If, if a, a mouth uh, or a brain thinks it's not able to function in a, in a way uh, that it's meant to, it's going to underfunction. It's going to doubt its function. It's going to wonder whether it actually makes a difference. And when, but when the rest of the body says, no, we, we need you. You are essential. We value what you bring. We know you don't bring everything. We know you're not a foot, a hand, a ear. But what you do bring is absolutely essential. When the rest of the body says that, the mouth can fully function in the way that it's meant to function. Uh, see, the aim of the gifts is in bringing the body of Christ into alignment with our designer's original intent. See, the gifts are given for the common good, for the building up of each other, that we would actually function the way that 
Jesus designed us to function when he called us together as his church. So what, so what does that mean? That you and I have gifts that are given to us by God that cause others to function in fullness. We grew up in a world wondering whether we're enough for, for others, trying to prove that we are enough, that we have enough, that we can do enough. And the aim of all of us here is to, to help us to discover who we are, what we're designed to do, to discover that we might have wanted to be a foot, but we're not a foot. We're actually a hand. And when we fully realize that, we can function in the way that we were meant to in fullness and bless people with God, what God has given us. Often uh, we're, we're taught by society and the, the church that the presentable parts, the upfront parts are the best parts. But Paul's saying, actually, no, the, the hidden, less honorable, the, the, the non-glamorous uh, parts are, are just as essential to the rest and, and the whole won't function well without the, the non-glamorous parts doing their bit. All right. Here's a question for you. Who's the head of the body? Christ. Good, good. Do do you know the the way the church has kind of been set up uh, can take away from that? Uh, You you might say to someone, well, who's the head of the the church? And they, they might say, oh, well, this leader is the head of the church. This person, this person in this position is the head of the church or they, they might say oh the, the person up the front the, the pastor the minister the vicar is the head of the church and the way we're set up is almost to see that the person physical in front of us is the head of the church but it's actually christ christ is the head of the church and so he gives us his spirit who gives us gifts to cause us to function together because without those gifts and without his spirit, it's pretty hard to function as one. Uh, one of the other images that we're given by uh, Paul uh, is, is around how uh, man and women come together in marriage as one flesh. Uh, they're, they're, they're meant to function in a way that is one. And we're told this is a picture of the way the church is meant to function. In, in marriage, it's meant to work that each person seeks the best of the other. That functions in such a way to, to support and encourage and build up the other. Uh, that there's a, a other seeking nature to the relationship. Well, this is the, the same for the way we're meant to function uh, with each other. That when I, you and I turn up to church, we seek the best for each other. Uh, One of the ways uh, God sets us up, it says, is this. God gives greater honor to the inferior that there may be no dissension within the body, but the members may have the same care for one another. Uh, We hear Jesus teaching, like whoever is least is greatest in the kingdom of heaven. Take the place at the bottom of the table. Don't seek the place at the top. Well, why does God set things up this way? 
Uh, well, because <laughs> uh, when things are set up this way, dissension happens because we don't believe that leaders have what is best for us in mind, that they're not actually caring for what we think is best for us. But, but when suddenly honour is given to every part, look after the, the widows, look after the orphans, uh, look after the poor, care for each other. When, when honour is given to parts that feel inferior, not that they are inferior, that feel inferior, no dissension actually happens because the members have the same care for one another and everyone is valuable and everyone is important. That's the way we're designed to, to function. And so if one member suffers, it says right at the end of this passage, uh, all suffer together with it. That is, we, we share in the burden, we, we bring comfort to each other. Why? Not just because it's a responsibility or a good thing we should do, it's because that's how God, in his wisdom, has put the spirit inside of us, that the overflow of his spirit in us, is that we want to comfort and care in a way that holds those who suffer together. Then if one member is honoured, what happens? We all rejoice together. Uh, one of the reasons we like to, to celebrate what God's been up to is so that we can share in the joy of what he has already done. Uh, one of the greatest things in life is to be able to come to the point where you can celebrate the success of others without feeling diminished yourself. The full ability to take joy in others' success even when we're not seeing success. Uh, that's what Christian maturity looks like because we know we're connected, we're, we're part. This is, this is God working. This is a, a really good thing that others are succeeding. See, the, the body of Christ is uh, concerned most for the members it is connected to. But then looking outward that others may be included, recognizing that, that a lot of the gifts focus inwardly, but also that we may be positioned outwardly so that we could serve our mission together and bring others to be part of the body and to see their value as part of God's family. Uh, so so how, do, how do I express this? Uh, what that looks like for all of us is to discover how God has particularly gifted us for the, the building up of each other, to rem how God has particularly gifted each of us, you and I, to remind each other of their value. How we express that is we encourage each other, we celebrate each other, we point out to each other that you are valuable, you are essential, I need you. I can look out and genuinely say to all of you, I need you. Not just because there's lots of things to do, there's always things to do, but for us to be who we are called to be, I need you. Because I know, <laughs> I'm very much aware of what gifts I don't have and I'm comfortable with that. But I need you. I need what God has given you because I don't have it. I don't have what you have. Someone else doesn't have what you have. And so how do, how do you and I position ourselves to receive this? Part of it is we show weakness. <laughs> we show that we aren't able to be having it all together or we're not always presentable, that there's parts of us 
that are insecure and there's parts of us that need growth. There's gifts that we don't have and we say, could you help? And a lot of the time, unfortunately, people say no. So how do we express that we're part of the body? I think part of it is in growing in the way that we say yes to others and say, yeah, I would love to bless you in that way. I believe God's given me this and given it not just for me, but for you. And so I want to be able to encourage you in this way. And, but, but also we, we just learn to function in a way that is our strength. How do we express this as, as a church? Uh, when, when you think of the body of Christ, uh, I, I want you to think of the values that we share in our church. So one of our church values is family, that we're a church where everyone belongs, everyone's valuable, because we're united as a family in Jesus. So we faithfully seek to welcome, include, love, and there's that word again, honour all. Honour all. Uh, what does that mean? If we're not all functioning in the way that we're meant to, all will not feel honoured. <laughs> all will not feel loved. Uh, all will not feel included because one or two people can't do the job for the rest of us. It's a job that we all share. Uh, it's a, we grow up together in uh, a family relationship, uh, a, a safe place for us to be weak and also to grow. Uh, another of our values is devotion. Our devotion is expressed through extravagant love, humble service and radical generosity. That is not taking what we have just for us, but giving of what we have to others. Uh, word, uh, we invite God to shape us, convert us by his word, by his spirit, uh, that we would grow up uh, as his body. Discipleship, uh, we are called to follow Jesus as our model for maturity. We call unbelievers and each other to follow him wholeheartedly. Uh, worship, uh, we pursue the presence of God in our worship and prayer together as we embrace all he has for us in our relationship with him. That he, as we are joined in one body together, he dwells with us and witness. Uh, we live out our commission to bear witness through our words and our works to Jesus and his kingdom. So we function fully as his body. Uh, 